This is Amy Bauman, and you are listening to Speaking Truth with Love. For more information about myself or For His Glory Ministry, you can head to amybauman.com. Now here is today's show. Good morning. Happy Easter. I'm so glad that you're joining us today on this Resurrection Sunday. The tomb is empty. The stone has been rolled away. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen. I'm Chaplain Amy Bauman with For His Glory Ministry. And if this is your very first time finding us online, I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so glad that you're joining us today. While Jesus' death and resurrection happened over 2,000 years ago, we celebrate each year. We take our journey to the cross to remember because for some people, they're experiencing this for the very first time. So we always look back. We always remember. We always take those steps towards the cross to never forget what Jesus did on the cross for each one of us. And what I love is that God's word is living and active and powerful. And it's like you're reading it and experiencing it each time for the very first time. So we can stand here today and celebrate and remember. And for some of you today, this is your very first Resurrection Sunday. Maybe you haven't had a very long journey and relationship with the Lord. And so today you are seeing it with new eyes, fresh eyes, and experiencing the power of everlasting life and forgiveness of sin. And that's why we celebrate. That's why we look to the cross. We look to the empty tomb and we remember what Jesus did for each one of us. If you were with us on Good Friday, we did a special presentation uh, looking to the cross, unpacking God's word and the crucifixion. We took communion as a body of believers. Today, we're going to pick up where we left off, uh, focusing uh, a few minutes on the last words of Jesus and what that means for our lives today. But before we get started, let's open with prayer. Father God, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for today. I'm so grateful that he has risen, that the tomb is empty, that the stone has been rolled away, and that we have full access to your throne room. We have full access to you, God, because of what Jesus did for each one of us on the cross. And today we celebrate we celebrate forgiveness of sins and everlasting life and that relationship that we can have with you. And we are so grateful. Help us to never forget. Help us to live that out each and every day. Thank you for what you're going to do here today. Holy Spirit, we invite you in this place to fall, to open our hearts and our ears for everything that you have for us. May we walk away with a fresh revelation, a new viewpoint on the cross, a new way of looking at what you've done for us, Lord. Help us to direct our thoughts and our hearts and our minds 
for your words today, Lord. We love you and praise you and give you all the glory. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We were very intentional over the month of March and that first week or so into April, taking our journey to the cross. And we looked at those pivotal moments in Jesus's ministry so that we could have a better, clear understanding of the heart of the Father and why he sent his son, why we get to experience this today. And we were intentional with our walk so that we could understand, completely understand the steps of Jesus, the steps that he took in obedience, that he knew as soon as he was old enough to know, he knew why he came. He knew who his father was and that he would eventually be making his way to the cross. And yet he did it. Yet he was obedient. We had read about how he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. We know from scripture that he cried out to the Lord and he said, if this cup is not meant for me, I, I don't want to take it. Let this cup pass for me, but let your will be done. And yet Jesus drank the cup of wrath that was meant for all of us. He was beaten. He was whipped. He was spit on. He was scourged. He was ridiculed and mocked for us so that we could have forgiveness of sins, so that we could have this fullness, this relationship, so that we could live as free people without the bondage of sin and shame. Jesus did that for us. I just want to read the last few verses in John 19 that talk about the fulfillment of that, right? The fulfillment of what we read about and looked at and studied as we took that journey to the cross and why that is so important for us today as we live out our lives today in this world. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished and so that scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. It is finished is only found in John 19:30 not in any of the other gospels the greek word translated is tetelestai it means paid in full i know what it's like to have a large debt my first husband and i had gone through Many years of poor choices and spending, excessive spending, to where we had accumulated this debt that was overwhelming. Everything we had, we did not own. 
And the only way that we got to get out from underneath all of that debt was to go through a process that was called bankruptcy. We had to uh, sign a bunch of papers. We had to show that we had no way of paying it back. And then we had to go through the painful process of having the bank come and take back the big things like the car and the house. And I thought that when I was on the other side of that, that I would feel this freedom, right? That I didn't owe anything more. That my, my debt was paid. And yet, on the other side of that process, there was shame. There was guilt. There was this feeling that I had mishandled the gifts that we had received. There was not freedom in that debt being paid with bankruptcy. There was only the shame. And it would take me years to let that go and receive the full forgiveness of what Jesus is talking about when he says it's paid in full. It is finished to Telestai. So what was Jesus doing where he could say it is finished? What was the work of Jesus? We read in Luke 4, 42 through 44, that he tells us it was to preach the good news of the kingdom of God. Now we looked over the last six weeks, making our journey to the cross, watching his ministry unfold, every step he took. We read throughout the New Testament that he was healing the sick, seeking and saving the lost, eating with sinners, destroying the works of the devil, freeing people from evil spirits, healing them of disease, raising them from the dead, and reconciling them back to God. Each week we looked at a specific story, the works of Jesus, his intentionality as he walked to the cross. Ultimately, he was forgiving and saving and showing people who God the Father really was. But more importantly for us today, he was showing us how to live in this world, how to walk out our faith, how to follow him. He was teaching the people with parable after parable and story after story of how to live in this broken world, how to love how to forgive, how to serve. And in his final acts, he was commissioning his disciples to continue his ministry by teaching them how to do it. And at the Last Supper, the visual imagery we see is sharing the bread and the wine and washing the disciples' feet, showing them how to serve, putting Judas in that place of 
importance and putting Peter in the place of a servant, the least favorable place to sit at the table. And yet it was to show us about giving our enemies forgiveness and grace and that the lives that we live here in this world to serve and follow Jesus will not always come with the place of honor at the table that we are to serve and to love. And he teaches us that and the disciples in the very last acts of his life. He walked obediently to the cross, drinking a cup of wrath that was meant for us, paying our debts in full. A debt that was not his to pay. And yet he did it because he loves us and he loves his father. When Jesus said, it is finished, he brought about the completion of the Old Testament prophecies. We talked about that. There were over 300 prophecies that Jesus had completed from Genesis to Malachi, 300 detailed prophecies about Jesus, all fulfilled, including the seed who would crush the serpent's head, Genesis 3.15, and the suffering servant, Isaiah 53. Because of the acts that he did on the cross, no more offerings would need to be made. That altar would no longer need to run, run blood red from the sin of this world. And the offerings, the countless offerings that were made on that altar. No, Jesus would make the altar a table, giving all of us this invitation to come and sit with him and eat with him and fellowship with him and be in relationship with him. Nobody else would have to die. We also know that the veil was torn in the temple from the top to the bottom and that we now have full access to God the Father through Jesus the Son. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, we have been restored. We have been redeemed. We have been reconciled back to the one who loves us. And not only that, when Jesus rose from the dead, death was destroyed. The enemy was defeated. And we have eternal life in heaven. Hallelujah. And yet, we struggle. And yet, we forget. And yet, we celebrate today that the stone has been rolled away and the tomb is empty on Sunday. And yet, Monday morning, when we wake up and go off into the world to do what we need to do, we forget. And we live as if it is not finished. We live with sin and regret and shame and we listen to the countless lies from the enemy telling us that we are not children of God, that we are not forgiven, 
that the sins that we have done are too big, that our debt is too much, we forget that it is finished. We want the gift, but we don't fully understand the gift. And in our humanness, it's hard for us to understand that somebody else would die on our behalf. We live in this broken world with broken people and our interactions each day and what we see in the world are that of selfishness and anger and fear and lack of love. And it is hard for us being exposed to that day in and day out to know that there was a man who walked this world who came to die for each one of us. Our hearts can't hardly comprehend that. And we forget that it is finished. It's hard to believe that someone else would take the blame because today all we see is finger pointing. All we see is people saying, it's not my fault, I didn't do it. All we see is misdirection and redirection. It's hard to comprehend that someone would take our blame on themselves. And even more so, someone who was blameless and guiltless and without sin. Jesus walked that journey to the cross and did not sin. He was an innocent lamb of God, perfect, spotless, blameless, the ultimate perfect sacrifice that is hard for us to understand. And more importantly, we have a hard time understanding this kind of love. This kind of love that we read about, that we could experience through the people that interacted with Jesus. Those that he healed, those that he helped, those that he saved. Because we live in a broken world. Because we've been hurt. Because we've experienced loss and sin and shame. Because we know conditional love. If you do this for me, then I will love you. It's hard to see Jesus that way when everything we see today in this world is, is conditional and has limitations and expectations. And the enemy, though he's not creative, he's consistent and has been consistently telling us lies all of our lives to misdirect us from what Jesus did on the cross so that we will forget that it is finished. I think sometimes we look at the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Sanhedrin and say, oh, shame on them for letting Jesus be crucified. Shame on them for doing what they did and not letting that ministry come into even a fuller representation of the kingdom of heaven. And yet we are like the Pharisees. We get stuck in the rules and the regulations and the doctrine and the rules that we make about the church. 
and the things that we think we need to do to receive salvation by our works, by our deeds, by how much money we have. Remember Jesus' journey, specifically his Sermon on the Mount, when he told the people, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For I truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. When you're reading that in Matthew, the very next section talks about murder. You have heard it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Jesus was saying that it's not about the rules and the regulations and following all 413 of those laws that were created. It's about the shape of our heart. It's about knowing the rules the guidelines, the boundaries that that God has given to us in this perfect love letter that we all get to read and, and learn from. But it's not just about doing those things. It's about the shape of our heart and that we're doing it in a loving way. We're doing it like Jesus has shown us how to live and love. So the rules and the regulations and the restrictions and the doctrine and the things that we get so caught up in. The final act that Jesus does on the cross shows us all how simple it is. And if we're confused by any of those things, we need to look at one of the last acts that that Jesus does. Luke 23, 39 through 43. One of the criminals who were hanged there was hurling abuse at him saying, are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other responded and rebuking him said, do you not even fear God since you are under the same sentence of condemnation and we indeed are suffering justly for we are receiving what we deserve for our crimes but this man has done nothing wrong and he was saying Jesus remember me when you come into your kingdom and he said to him truly I say to you today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus didn't ask him if he had been baptized. Jesus didn't ask him if he could recite some lines of Torah for him or if he had heard his Sermon on the Mount. Jesus didn't ask him if he had fed the poor or tithed or went to synagogue. 
Jesus didn't ask him if he had been following the rules and regulations all of his life. No. Jesus could see the thief's remorse, heard his words, and in one simple act said to him, Today you will be with me in paradise. It isn't about the rules and regulations. It isn't about what church you attend. It isn't about who you've studied under or your denomination or the works that you've done or how much you've given away. It's all about Jesus. So no one can boast for the things that they have done. It all goes back to the cross and what Jesus did for each one of us. But we, as humans, get caught up in categorizing things, putting things in boxes, trying to get things so that we can understand them. We hold on to things. We add things so that it makes sense to us, so that it, it can be special right? Special rules for these people and these people. When all we really need to do is surrender. Surrender our will. Surrender our ways. Surrender our old way of thinking. Surrender our disbelief. Surrender all of the things that we are trying to understand. Our, I can't believe this, and I can't understand this, and I can't uh, figure this one out. We have to surrender all of those things and allow the Lord to say, It is finished in our lives. And if we could do that, right, lay it all down at the foot of the cross, believe what Jesus did, look at the journey that he took, the intentionality, everything he did, every word that he said, and when we can hear those words to Telestai, this is what it would look like. Sin, it is finished. Depression, it is finished. Addiction, it is finished. Bondage, it is finished. Believing every lie from the enemy that we are unworthy and unloved and unforgiven, it is finished. What if we accepted and believed that what Jesus did on the cross was enough? That he doesn't have to die on the cross every time we sin. That we just have to receive that forgiveness and believe that it is finished. When we let him wash away every sin, every piece of shame, every past mistake, every wrong choice, every hurtful word and tell that all that is left is the original design of what God had intended. Perfect, loved, 
forgiven. Back in 2000, 2001 or two, man came and signed my debt, telling me that everything I had accumulated, everything that I had spent, all the credit cards, all the debt was paid for, paid in full. I didn't owe anything again. When I walked away from that, I still had a weight of debt attached to my heart for all of the wrong choices and all of the past sin and all of the, the thoughts and beliefs and the way that I lived my life. And it wasn't until I was born again that Jesus ripped up that piece of paper that man had signed and said, today you are truly forgiven. Your debt is paid. It is finished. I don't know what you're hanging on to today. I don't know what piece of paper you're still carrying around. I don't know what you've done in your past life that is still clinging to you. But this is what he did for all of us so that we can receive that forgiveness so that our debt is paid, so that we can believe that it is finished and that Jesus is the only way. Today, my friends, you need to know that Jesus is the only solution to your problem. He's the only solution that you need. Nothing else matters. And when we confess our sins to Jesus, he will forgive us. He will set us free. He will come into our lives and clean out all the junk that we have been accumulating and fill us with him from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. And we will be transformed and renewed and free. Since Eve and Adam took the apple when sin entered the world, God has been restoring us back to himself. This that we see with a cross is Jesus. And we can believe that he is greater than he who is in the world. That he canceled the works of the enemy, that he rose again from the dead to give us everlasting life and forgiveness of sins, and that today we can stand here and say and believe without a shadow of a doubt that it is finished. 
We can live in victory. We can walk on top of our circumstances. The stone has been rolled away. The tomb is empty. Jesus is risen. Jesus is King. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, I'm so grateful that Jesus ripped up my paper, that my debt has been paid, paid in full to Telestai. I'm so grateful for what you have done in my life and how you have restored me and redeemed me and put me on a brand new path. But today, Lord, I know that there are many people that haven't yet received forgiveness. They haven't yet received that opportunity, that invitation that they've been given to sit at the table, to eat and live with Jesus. And they are burdened and shackled by their shame and regret and the sins of their past. And today, Lord, as we celebrate you, the risen King, we offer this invitation, Lord, to those who still need to receive it. And it's as simple as saying, Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died on a cross. I believe that you rose again. I believe that my debt has been paid in full. Please forgive me of my sins. Rip up that paper that says what I still owe. Come into my heart and live and rule and reign from this day forward. All I want to do is follow you. All I want to do is serve you. Help me, Lord, to walk that out. That prayer is as easy as breathing, breathing in the new life that you offer each one of us, Lord. I pray for those that have not yet said that prayer, that they would do it today, that they would receive you today, that they would believe once and for all that it is finished and that their debt is paid in full. Thank you, Lord, for walking with us and help us as we get up tomorrow and face a new day that we won't forget, that we will live in this newfound freedom each and every day until you come again. In Jesus' precious name, we pray these things. Amen and amen. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking time today to join us to celebrate the risen King. We're going to end with one final song. It is finished. We're going to go out remembering what we talked about today. And I pray that you will go into this new week remembering that it is finished, that your debt is paid, and that Jesus is King. Thanks so much for being here for today and for joining us. And until next time, until we can be together again, be blessed. Thanks so much for joining me today. Stay tuned for more Tuesday teachings, Sunday sermons, and encouraging messages along the way. And until next time, be blessed.